0: Hey, it's Joe from the Unveiling Paradise podcast. Tessa and I were talking the other day and we realized it's that time of the year again, engagement season, which means a lot of you guys are just getting started planning your perfect destination wedding. We wanna help you guys. We've put together our top three must listen to first episodes. So if you're just new to our show, this is what we want you guys to start with. Episode 16, you're engaged, now what? Episode nine, creating your perfect wedding budget. And episode 11, Things Wedding Coordinators Wish You Knew Before You Started. If you're planning your wedding here in Hawaii, hit us up. Mention our show to learn more about our Unveiling Paradise podcast promo. Happy planning!
1: Hey Jet Setters, welcome to the last episode of season 1. Not the last episode ever. Be ready, we're coming back, but for season 1. Joe welcome to my podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we made 15 episodes.
1: It's amazing. It
0: actually went by really fast.
1: And we didn't kill each other. We didn't
0: kill each other. I have some like like bruises on my ankles from you kicking me under the table. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And some of my commentary didn't make it into the actual
1: It had to get cut.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we are super excited that that was our goal to hit 15 episodes. So here we are with our final episode of Season one,
1: right? And this is going to be a good one. So it's sort of the pinnacle of the last fifteen episodes. We've talked to some of our past clients, destination couples, and just kind of thought, like, what advice would you share with future couples? And this
0: is from real clients who are real saying, people planning a destination wedding. Here's what I would like to know before I actually decide exactly,
1: to do. Exactly, exactly. Let's get started. Welcome to Unveiling Paradise, your go-to destination wedding podcast. I'm Tessa, wedding planner and owner of Fred and Kate Events.
0: And I'm Joe, wedding and adventure photographer of Joseph Esser Photography. We are based in Hawaii, one of the biggest, most popular locations for destination weddings.
1: We want to share our real-life experiences with you give you insight from a professional's perspective and still make sure you're having fun in the process
0: we're huge believers in the fact that planning a destination wedding can be one of the most amazing experiences and we want to bring you along
1: we're so excited to talk with you about weddings hawaii and everything else under the sun
0: so pack your bags and let's get started Welcome to episode 15 and my podcast. (laughs)
1: That's my podcast.
0: (laughs) Today we are talking about a question we asked our real clients our real couples. What advice would you give someone planning a destination wedding? And we have a bunch of different responses that we're going to kind of, you know, talk about and, and discuss. I think it's actually such useful information. Things that I didn't necessarily think were so important or I didn't even think about.
1: Right. And what's kind of cool is, you know, like Joe mentioned, it is real life clients. We texted a bunch of our previous clients. I also surprised my clients when we were on calls. I'm like, hey, quick question for you. Answer this. I'll wait. (laughs) Um, And we got some really, really cool answers that we want to share today.
0: Okay, let's talk about one of the first responses we got from our couples.
1: So one of the first responses that we got that I think was consistent with almost every single couple that we spoke to was, a destination wedding will be smaller than a local hometown wedding. You know, coming from a professional standpoint, my, my estimate when I tell couples, it's about 50%. So if you're inviting 100 people, you're looking closer to about 50 people showing up.
0: I think that's really true. I mm-hmm. think and, and to be able to kind of have that going into it, right, knowing that you're going to have half. The number of guests,
1: right, right. So one of the couples that I was just speaking to, you know, she was saying the tip that kind of went along with that was expect that. You know, she she invited less people because she was worried that she didn't want to go over the venue count. But because once she started getting RSVPs and she realized that it was lower than what she thought, she's like, shoot, I could have invited more people. I should have because at this point it's too late to invite more people. They're in Australia, so to have them start looking for flights and whatnot, we're only a month out. She's like, I wish I had invited more than i thought i should have invited to allow for that fallout
0: all right let's do the math you're the math whiz i am okay so if you want to have 50 people at your destination wedding invite you need, 100 you need a, 100. 100 okay okay if you want to have 68 do the <laughs> math quick. no wrong oh
1: wait did i go the wrong way Tessa, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> is this a good thing or a bad thing having less people
1: I think it depends on what your goal is, right? If you're looking to have all of your family and friends there and as many people as possible, then it's definitely a bad thing. And maybe a local hometown wedding makes more sense for you. If you're hoping to have something smaller and just curate this really, really tight-knit group of people, then I think a destination wedding makes a lot of sense for your wedding.
0: Right, right, right. And I think that is very true. I think that some of your family just won't come to your wedding.
1: Well, and it's not because they don't want to. You know, a lot of it, it's just, it's the money. Right. And I think that can upset a lot of people when you're planning this destination wedding, realizing that it's a lot more than they intend to spend to come to your wedding.
0: And also age, too. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of your older relatives aren't going to be willing to travel to Bora Bora or wherever. right? Right.
1: And on the flip side, it's also some of your younger guests. You know, I've had a lot of weddings where the kids are in school so they can't leave during that time or... Your cousin gets pregnant, and now she's going to be in her last trimester and she can't travel. So life happens, and it's not as easy to hop in a car and drive somewhere versus getting on a plane and going to a further destination.
0: And everybody has the uncle that says, I'll come to your destination wedding as long as the destination is my couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've never heard that. That's funny. So, so, you know, they probably won't come to your wedding if they, it's like, At your hometown anyway. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind too. Is it core family members, the people that are most important that are going to be able to come? If it's a yes, then, you know, that's something really important to think about.
1: Yeah. We actually talk about this in one of our previous episodes. So in episode two, we talk about smaller guest counts and how they can be better for your budget and your wedding versus larger. So definitely go back and listen to episode two if you haven't yet. Awesome. Okay.
0: So the second comment that we got from our couples was that if you're hiring locally, you're not going to necessarily have the ability to meet your vendors before your wedding. For sure. And this was something that I think is kind of important. And so, you know, we've talked about this before. How do you find vendors that you can trust, that are trustworthy? And how do you go about doing that if you don't have that face-to-face interaction where you can sit down at a coffee shop and look through somebody's wedding album or something like that?
1: So when I first think about, you know, a destination, somewhere that I've never been, I think the first thing that I would do is go to the venue. So look at venues because they are established, They're trusted and find their vendor list, right? Are there wedding planners that are on their vendor list? Because I feel like that is a great place to start.
0: They're not going to put some junkie coordinator on there that doesn't have, you know, any idea of how to run a wedding at their property.
1: Exactly. And I think about, you know, a lot of the venues here is they require wedding planners. And again, they are vetted. We are licensed insurance, you know, must haves. This is where you want to start. And then finding that person that kind of fits with your vibe.
0: I think that is a big concern for people is finding somebody who they can trust that's trustworthy if you don't actually get to have the face-to-face. Are they a real person? Right. <laughs>
1: like, and that's a huge thing. And so, you know, several people that we that we kind of interviewed and talked to about this, that same thing came up. It's the hire a wedding planner, but find a wedding planner that you really trust. Find vendors that you trust.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the beauty of the world we live in right now is that we have such amazing video conferencing software, Zoom, FaceTime, all these things. That you can have those meetings, it sort of feels like it's you know face to face. You can tell if somebody's like <laughs> doing their call in their underwear. Like, don't don't <laughs> well,
1: You can't tell if they're <laughs> in their underwear.
0: <laughs> but you know, like you you can get a, like when you can have a video conference call, you can ha- almost have that face to face interaction. I think that's always so important.
1: I love Zoom, and I think it's such a great way for me to connect with couples and and for us to get to know each other. So when I see them for the first time in person, it feels like we already know each other. We've built that trust. We know our relationship and it feels really good.
0: Yeah. And when we walk into like the bride or groom's room, they're like, I know you. I right. know what your face looks like. And I know that their face looks Hugs look like-
1: all around. <laughs>
0: <And so laughs> I, think, I think that is a, a really great tool to use. Tessa, pro tip here. If you have the means, visit that location in advance. Plan a trip before your wedding so you can do a site walk. You can meet with your vendors in person. A lot of times we will have our couples will actually say, can we do an engagement shoot? We're going to be out there like six months before the wedding. Let's do an engagement shoot so we can have some cool photos from Hawaii and then also get to know you as the photographer. And I think that's also something that's really helpful if it's in your means.
1: Right, exactly. And it's the same. Can you do a tasting in advance? Can you look at your venue in advance? Can you get your photos, hair and makeup trial? All of those things are really cool to do if you can. They're definitely not mandatory.
0: Let me ask you this question. Have you ever done a site walk for a couple that's planning a destination wedding via Zoom?
1: Yeah, all the time. So
0: you'll take your phone and you'll be like, okay, now check out this ballroom. and da, 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 da.
1: Yeah, and I'll be pointing, okay, so this is where I think we should put the dance floor. This is where the DJ booth will be. These are the tables. Here's a sample of the chairs in the corner. You know, so I've definitely done that for couples, of Technology
0: course. Technology is so cool. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: amazing. One of the comments that I got from a couple of people that I spoke to was something that we talked about previously, and it is hiring local vendors to save money. The case in point that we talked about is I had a bride who was going to bring in her photographer and videographer from DC. This wedding company has never been to Hawaii before. They've never not only shot in Hawaii, but never been to Hawaii. So I told her, you know, we have a ton of great photographers, videographers, like, why wouldn't you just consider having someone local? You know, and after their wedding, she sent me this amazing text and said, you know, you were so right. The pictures were were awesome. They knew exactly where to go on property, like every everything just made sense.
0: I think this is a great tip to keep in mind. It makes sense to hire locally to save some money. The cost to fly a photo and video team in for your wedding, it's expensive. And if budget is important, then hiring local will save you a lot of money. And if you are planning on flying in your photographer or video team, just know that it's going to cost more. Let's go to this next comment and this is actually from one of my couples yay Yay! thanks for sharing this comment is about making sure to plan additional events for your guests okay so what does that mean i love that okay so what does that mean this couple did this awesome welcome reception luau where they had everybody dress up i think they dressed up in like aloha attire it was super colorful and it was so
1: fun and
0: they had a live band they had like a hula dancer and they had cocktails and they had like pass hors d'oeuvres and everything. What I love most about this was the fact that everybody had the opportunity to mingle and get to know each other before the big day. So actually at their wedding, everybody already had known each other. It wasn't just like getting to meet each other at first, you know, and like, you know, a lot of times it's the bride or the groom and their families that are coming together. They never met each other. Right. And if they're doing that on the wedding day, you know, I think that's could be kind of awkward. But if they were just like sipping Mai Tais the night before, you know, it's just going to be a lot more it relaxing. It kind of
1: breaks the ice, yeah. especially with a lot of destination weddings. If the families are from different places, they haven't met each other. So this is maybe one of the first few times that they've actually met and got to hang out.
0: I see that a lot. Right. Do you see that a lot? Like usually it's like before the wedding. Our couples will have like a whole list of different activities that they'll do. And I think that's so awesome. What else do you see?
1: Right. So in addition to the pre-wedding, the post-wedding, right? So a lot of times they do the brunch the next day. They have, you know, lunches and picnics and whatnot. But one thing that I really love is the after party. For example, in Hawaii, if you're outdoors, the party has to stop at 10, which is really early for a lot of people. My suggestion, though, is to take your party and go to a bar. It becomes this after party. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't going to want to stay, but you have kind of that core party. If you are in wedding attire, guess what? Now people are buying you drinks instead of you having to pay for everybody else. <laughs> the role is flipped and now free drinks all night for you.
0: There you go. I like that. And that's actually true. I think that having a destination wedding means that it's not just that one event, right? You're sharing your wedding week almost with with your guests, right? And so right. after party, you know, the brunch after the day after, you know, the pre-party, all that stuff is all kind of part of the destination wedding experience, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's a week-long celebration.
0: Tessa, what else you got?
1: Another tip that we received is to plan ahead and research local marriage requirements. And what I mean by that is understanding if you plan to fly in on a Friday afternoon for a Saturday wedding and then leave on Sunday, if you are legally trying to get married in a certain destination, there are rules in terms of getting your marriage license. How do you legally get married in that state?
0: Right, I see. So if you're trying to pull your marriage license in the state of Hawaii, you have to go into the health department, right, right which is open, like regular office hours.
1: Yeah, government hours, Monday through Friday, eight to three. Holidays,
0: are closed. Every holiday,
1: they're closed. So it's understanding if you are coming in on a weekend and you're getting married you know that weekend, how do you make that work? And it's possible. There are certain people that can help you, but plan ahead so you don't get here, realize it, and then start to freak out like, oh my gosh, we can't legally do this. What do we do? So it's just, it's having that plan ahead of time.
0: I think that's such helpful advice. Actually, one of my recent clients was telling me that they actually got married in their home state that's where they're legally married. They did it, you know, a week before or two weeks before their actual celebration, but they just didn't want to have to be doing that on their wedding day or on that wedding week. They want to just take care of all that. And I think that's fine. I think you don't have to necessarily, like on paper, does it matter where your license is from? You know, it doesn't
1: matter at all. And it happens pretty frequently that I think they get married at home. They don't tell anybody and then this is their real wedding.
0: Right. Because when you get your marriage license, it's actually like going to the DMV. It's not <laughs> like yeah. super anticlimactic, right? Exactly. Versus having that celebration. That's really, truly where everything happens. Okay. I really like this next one. Can I take it?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. This is a comment that I think is actually really true. It is expect to run into your guests after the wedding, right? So if everybody is here for the wedding, you're going to probably see them after the wedding, too. So That's a good point. You know, if, <laughs> if, you're, if your honeymoon is at that same location, right, you might be at the pool with, you know, all your guests the next day or, a, or two after or whatever, yeah?
1: Right. So you're not having that one-on-one time. It's the two of you, your grandmother, your best friend, everyone's there together with you for the stay.
0: So is that good or bad, right? You know, is that something that you want? Do you want to share that week with everyone or do you want to go from being married and then... Being on a honeymoon where you're not seeing anybody and you yeah. don't know anybody.
1: And I think there's there's easy solutions for this, right? Or if you if it if you view it as a bad thing, there are easy solutions. You can move to a different hotel for the rest of your stay. You can take another trip somewhere else if you want to, but I think it's it's not a big deal to me personally.
0: Or stay in your hotel room for the next three days, room service, party it up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Party of two. <laughs>
0: then <Party of two. laughs> so you don't have to worry about running into anybody else.
1: Until they come knocking on your door. (laughs) (laughs) This next one is really fun. This is something that I worked on with a client and she, you know, shared that she really kind of liked how it turned out. And it is creating little surprises for your guests to create a welcome experience.
0: So what are you talking about, Tessa?
1: So for this wedding, my client wanted to create some really cool welcome swag bags for her guests. Mm -hmm. And so in it, you know, we kind of customized and, you know, we're in Hawaii. So it made sense to have towels. They had custom towels, custom bags, sunscreen, local sunscreen, bottles of water, because we all know that the water is very expensive in the hotel rooms. They also had some local snacks. So again, you know, I helped her curate a bunch of locally made food and other little knickknacks to have that. while they were here.
0: So you walk into your hotel room and you're expecting a banana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, like the banana, salad, the apple. Yeah. Banana.
0: <laughs> And then you have this welcome bag that has, like, all these little things and a bottle of wine, sunscreen. What else do you need? I always um, see itineraries stuffed in those swag bags, too. So it's an itinerary of things to do or restaurants to eat at or couples' favorite things that they like about this particular place.
1: A lot of times when my couples are creating these itineraries, I tell them, pull the information from your website. Not everyone's necessarily looking at it. So what's happening in the next three days, right, that's leading up to your wedding or after your wedding? And also... Put some of your favorite places, like what beaches do you like to go to? What are the restaurants that you guys come to? To help your guests create that experience that you and your fiancé love. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Tessa, what is the best thing you can have on a hot summer wedding day?
1: Gosh, Joe, honestly, there is nothing better than fine-time shave ice.
0: I love fine-time shave ice. So good.
1: Honestly, it's the soft ice, the variety of syrups and flavors And their toppings, their toppings are incredible, from ice cream to mochi balls to condensed milk. It is amazing.
0: Stop, I'm getting so hungry.
1: I know. Well, if you want some, check it out. Find Time Shave Ice.
0: And check out their company and all their delicious flavors on our show notes. Do it now. And I love that that you actually have on that itinerary. The ceremony start time. So you have no excuse, right? No
1: excuses.
0: (laughs) You know, my other favorite thing that I see people stuff in their swag bags is hangover cure kits. I
1: love that. So I've been to weddings where we get back to our hotel room and there is a little kit of, like, aspirin, the emergency, the liquid IV, bottles of water. And funny enough, it also had, like, little shot bottles in it. <laughs> to get drunk more and then hang over.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that was for the welcome. I thought the those were party.
1: so amazing, though.
0: That's great. Okay, so this next one comes from one of our international couples, international clients. And they're from Australia. And they were saying, keep a watch on your currency and your currency conversion rates. Right. Because... At different points, their dollar was worth more or worth less compared to the U.S. dollar. Right. That was really interesting to hear.
1: It was such as, you know, it's one of those things where living in the United States, our dollar has been getting stronger, right? Even against the the Japanese yen, euros, whatnot. And and you just kind of sometimes forget how it reverses when people are traveling here. Right,
0: Right, right, right. Their dollar
1: is weaker. And so when we were talking to this couple, the one thing that she had mentioned was, had I paid more in advance versus waiting to pay towards the end, their spend would have been a lot less.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
1: That, because it's, it's the conversion.
0: That's so true. Like when you travel internationally, like, okay, how much is, and sometimes you, you're like your dollar is stronger, sometimes it's weaker. And that's super great advice. Right. Like that.
1: One piece of advice that a bride shared with me, and I love this, and I do tell this to clients, is always hand carry your wedding dress on the plane.
0: Was she stressed about that or what what was this?
1: Yeah, so she had said she's read horror stories about, you know, checking in your dress, your bags getting lost. And let's be honest, the airline industry is struggling right now. So why add more stress to yourself? Carry on your dress. I always tell people, you know, be super nice to the flight attendants. I think she brought little treats. (laughs) (laughs) So they would, you know, help her store her, her wedding dress. So it would get here with her the whole time. So you have a visual of your dress the entire time. It's never out of sight. It's never missing. It's never, you know, lost and and sent somewhere else. It's just that peace of mind that your dress will be there with you.
0: Wedding gowns are so expensive. I've had a bride who had a $20,000 wedding gown. I was like, what? You paid that much for it? But I mean, yeah. imagine that. Like, would you put twenty thousand dollars of cash in your suitcase or twenty thousand dollars of camera gear in your suit. You carry those important valuable things. Right. I think that's super good advice. I think that's actually pretty commonplace practice. Most of our brides will hand carry their wedding gown and it's not a big deal. There's always like a little compartment in the front of the plane where they can put it on a hook and it's not gonna get wrinkled either.
1: So the funny thing is I think a lot of my couples think that the best thing to do is ship it ahead of time. Yeah. So no. they have it there waiting when they get there. And I do tell them Carry it with you right? just to be safe.
0: And if you check it into your luggage, (laughs) what happens if the luggage gets lost, you're screwed.
1: Exactly. So I think that this piece of advice that this bride shared with us is perfect. Carry it with you. Keep it in your eyesight. If you have to forego a a carry-on bag, do it just so you can have the dress with you all times. It's
0: worth it. Okay, and our final tip and advice from one of our couples on how to have a successful destination wedding it's about budget, right?
1: Always about budget. <laughs> we yeah. talked about this
0: in episode, was episode nine. We yep. talked about this. This is super important. So their comment was actually set a real budget, right? Set an actual real budget and prepare for your wedding to cost more than you actually expect.
1: Right. Which is, you know, it's one of those things where it can sometimes be a bummer, but you have to expect the unexpected, And it's not that everything's more expensive, but you may end up wanting to upgrade or more people may show up. So be prepared for everything. That is the golden rule of Wedding Planner 101.
0: And I think a lot of couples think that a destination wedding can be cheaper than having a local hometown wedding because you don't have as many people, right? And that can be true, right? It actually can be cheaper. If you were going to have a wedding of 500 people, and because you're doing a destination, you're only inviting 50, your cost should be less. But Mm -hmm. We actually just had a wedding that went way over budget, and it was because of this exact reason. They had thought there was going to be 75 people and 130 RSVP'd. But
1: that's awesome, right? Awesome.
0: (laughs) Awesome, but their budget was based on 70 people for dinner and drinks and all that sort of stuff. That extra 40, 45 people almost doubled their budget for right. what they were expecting to pay for dinner and drinks. And I know that that was something that they were kind of stressed out about.
1: And this is why they kind of share this advice with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super important. Okay, okay let's recap. I think we had 10, was it 10 different tips on how to have your best destination wedding?
1: I think so. Advice. Maybe. All
0: right. Okay, let's go.
1: Okay. So the first tip is destination weddings will often be much smaller than a local wedding. So plan for that.
0: Yes. So if you're inviting 100, expect 50. Correct. Yes. Okay, I could do math.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yay, math.
0: Okay, number two, if you're hiring locally, you're not necessarily going to have a face-to-face meeting with your vendors before your actual wedding day.
1: Correct. So finding vendors that you trust is really important. Totally. The third one is save money by hiring local vendors.
0: And we talked about this. It's going to be expensive to fly in all your vendors. Right. So
1: Airfare, hotels, transportation, all of that's expensive. So save money by hiring local.
0: But if you want to have your super special awesome photographer... Fly them in, but just know it's going to cost more. All right. Number four, have additional events if you're doing a destination wedding. So have a welcome reception. Have some different mixers and events and hiking trips and surf trips or whatever you're doing.
1: And don't forget the after party. The next one is to plan ahead and research your local marriage requirements. You don't want to fly in, get to your destination, and then realize you don't have enough time to get the proper paperwork to legally get married there.
0: Right. So if you expect to actually pull a marriage license in the state that you're going to be doing your wedding at... Make sure you get there and make sure you know when those offices are open.
1: Right. Do your research beforehand.
0: And number six, if you're planning a destination wedding, expect that you're going to be running into your guests, right? So if you are at a hotel, everybody's staying there. The next day after your wedding, you're going to run into people. That could be good or bad. And if it's a bad thing for you, you can move straight to your honeymoon like a lot of couples do.
1: Number seven, create a welcome experience for your guests with little treats. The A welcome s- bag.
0: The swag bag. The swag bag. Everybody loves that.
1: Yeah, swag bags are the best.
0: Number eight, currency. Check the value of your currency. And if that currency is moving around, pay things when the currency is the strongest. Yep. Especially for, <laughs> wait, this only applies to our international guests.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Minnesotans, Minnesotans are fine. <laughs> Number nine, always carry your wedding dress with you. Don't check it in, don't send it ahead, carry it, have it visually with you the entire time.
0: Don't trust anybody. Don't trust trust anyone
1: with your wedding dress, (laughs) your bank account, nothing.
0: (laughs) Rounding out our list, number 10. If cost is going to be an issue, set a real budget and expect that budget is going to be higher than you expect.
1: What a great piece of advice. I wish I thought of that myself
0: all right and with that season one episode 15 is complete we did it
1: yay season one is done
0: awesome did you have fun
1: so much fun i guess
0: (laughs) are you gonna keep me on as your co-host
1: you are the best co-host ever
0: all right back at you so we are taking a quick little break
1: yes one month one month we will be back in mid-november so right before the holidays we will be back in your ears
0: And season two is going to be a little bit different because we already have lined up some amazing guests to interview for our podcast. These are our favorite destination wedding professionals, and they're going to share their own unique perspective on working in the world that we work in.
1: Exactly. It's going to be fun to have another perspective coming and talking with us about destination weddings, weddings in general, and just everything else.
0: I can't promise you they're going to be any funnier, but
1: they won't won't be funnier than me. They'll be funnier than you, but that's good.
0: I have a whole pocket full of dad jokes. (laughs) I
1: can't wait. Cannot wait. Save them for season two.
0: All right. Sounds good. And we will see you guys again real soon.
1: We'll see you guys soon.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Unveiling Paradise.
1: If you enjoy our show, please follow us and rate us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would really mean a lot.
0: And don't forget to also get on our mailing list and follow us on Instagram. Just do it already.
1: Until next time, this is Tessa.
0: And this is Joe.
1: And don't forget, your happily ever after
0: is just a plane ride away.